cool. You hear? You hear that? That sound? Isn't it? It's a catchy tune, isn't it? Like the new theme song. Mm-hmm. It fits so well. I like it. It's very, it's very soothing. Here we are once again, talking yes. about spooky stuff. Spooky, spooky stuff. Or no, it's sp- spoopy, spoopy, spoopy stuff. Spoopy. Yeah. Yeah. Just in time, where everything's good timing. Lots of spooky things going on. I actually had a, uh, I had some footsteps in the upstairs room of my house today, and the cat was sitting right next to me. So that's a sign. Your, your house uh, had stuff happen in the past that you've experienced. No, not particularly. I, I think there's been I would call energetic centers and. You know, we've definitely felt energies awake and mm-hmm. uh, awaken when we moved in and things. But uh, the house itself, I don't think, has anything specific attached to it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think it's me. And I think uh, somebody's coming to say hi. Yeah, it makes sense. I've got visitors like that sometimes um, just checking in. And keep in mind that the closer that we get to Halloween, the thinner that the veil between our world and that of the afterlife and other dimensions is going to be. That's right. That is what this time is all about. And they know I got a vacant guest room upstairs. So, Well, they probably are going to start paying rent soon, hopefully. Damn right. About time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ain't got no patience for no freeloader ghosts in this house. Freeloading ghosts. Get a damn job. (laughs) All right. Well, hello and welcome to the Crypto Science Society podcast, a show dedicated to the study of strange and unusual phenomenon. I am your host and president, Jason Cordova. Our co-host and vice president, Janae Conrad, has freed herself from the pocket universe. But in order to do so, she had to achieve faster than light speeds, and subsequently ended up thousands of years in the future. Unfortunately, there is no telling when or where she will return, but ruling in her stead as regent and sovereign is the dangerous and diabolical villain before me. Introduce yourself, villain. I'm a villain? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can dig with that. I can I can I can work with that. But I you say a... that like it's a bad thing. Well, I mean villain is it's an archetype. But I guess I guess it depends on what kind of villain. Like I don't know. I I've always kind of identified with certain villainesses, Disney villainesses. They always somehow are super fabulous. Yeah. You know? Well, my name is Heather Jane, and you know me as the treasurer and the uh, chief investigator for the Crypto Science Society. And I am very happy to be here. So thank you so much for introducing me, Jason. Yes, and thank you for holding it down. <laughs> holding down the fort. Holding it down. Yeah. Keeping it, us keeping it together. When you when you say it like that, I for some reason just an image of me like smothering the crypto science society with a pillow and holding it down while it struggles, like just came oh. to mind. I don't know why, but talking about villainesses and holding something down, so I, I don't you only got anybody to blame but yourself, Jason. You are dangerous. Well, I knew <laughs> I knew I knew you were ambitious. Mm-hmm. Very ambitious. Just watch. I gotta keep you close to watch you. <laughs> keep you from taking over. But what why are we here? We are here to we're... talk about 
spooky stuff. Yes, that's yes, what we do. Mm-hmm. And our topic today is a, a very interesting one. It's a, a very a little known historical event, very important to the development of our history, American history in particular, uh, and that's the the Skeleton Wars. Important time in history. Yes, yes. Shaped the development of so much, so much, and it's so indeed not. It's important to to remember those who have passed and continue to pass over and over again in the Skeleton Wars. Yes, yes. The thing about Skeleton War is like, yeah, you can have multiple casualties Mm -hmm. of the same the same casualties over and over again. So it's really hard to record that kind of thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the records are just complete and utter chaos. It's, I can't and, can't make sense of any of them, but mm-hmm. I tried. Right. Which is great because it actually kind of also parallels with the history of this holiday that we are celebrating called Halloween. Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. Halloween. <laughs> and uh, in just keeping in line with all of this, all of this theme, <laughs> as if we need to, as if we really need to try. Mm-hmm. Um, I, are... I kind of just live by that theme like year right. round. I don't really need like a holiday or a month to to let my freak flag fr- fly. That, say yeah, that but... 10 times fast. Fleek, freak flag fr- fly. I can't even say it once. Oh, yeah. But... Well, so... Yes, we do this kind of thing all year round, but obviously, in case you couldn't tell, we get we just lay it on thick, put it mm-hmm. over the top at this time of year. Well, now we get an excuse because it's socially acceptable. Yeah, and if we time it right, if everything works out, if our calculations are correct, this episode should be posting on October 13th. Which is also a full moon. And... October 13th is recognized as Goth Chick Appreciation Day. Oh, yeah, so. that's right. We were going to sacrifice me because I'm an ex-cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, but uh, maybe we'll, we'll save that to the end. Okay, but yeah. Good, in good honor plan. Of goth chicks everywhere, and pretty much any, you know, however you identify goth chicks, you know, guys can be goth chicks too. I know I look pretty good with eyeliner. Mm-hmm. And uh, what steampunks, as they say, the the less snobby cyberpunks, mm-hmm. emos, and just about anyone who's not a empty husk of makeup is an uh, empty husk of makeup to appreciate to be appreciated on this day. So enjoy the darkness, enjoy your your bouquet of dead roses. Aww. I love bouquets of dead roses. And read some poems, isn't like mm-hmm. Edgar Allan. Poe. I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's going to be starting a new Crypto Science Society tradition. We are going to make every effort to post an episode on the 13th of every month. Because I'm a bit of a Triskaidekamaniac. Got a thing for the number 13. I, I do too, actually, admittedly. I I everybody's like, oh, it's unlucky. It's like, no, it's it's lucky. But whether or not it's good luck or bad luck is entirely up to you. Lucky for me. 
If it mm-hmm. wasn't for 13, I wouldn't be here. Really? Why is that? Because that's my birthday. Ah, happy birthday, lady. You're a June, right? Y- yeah. Yeah, you're a Gemini. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, all of us are. We're all Geminis? No. Or just all, all of, of you. The, all of yeah. you are Geminis. Okay, right, I get right. it. Yeah. Okay. That's that's funny. I'm laughing so, on the inside. <laughs> laughing on the inside. And that is probably, hopefully, going to continue until the end of time as we know it. So, any updates to uh, address? Anything exciting going on in the world of crypto science before we get rolling? Well, the Crypto Science Society now has an active Patreon account. Yeah! Son. Friends of the Crypto Science Society can now help us support our channels, our merchandise, eventually, and any investigations that we decide to undergo. Primary conducted by me as as they come available. So um, that's a little taste of what you might get if you're going to be patronizing us. Very nice. Sounds exciting. Yeah. Big things. Big things are happening in the Crypto Science Society. We are expanding into a larger entity. Yes, we are expanding. We're a greater expansion. Just like the universe. We're constantly expanding. Yes. And it is exciting. But what you know what else is exciting? What? Our actual topic. You're right. That is exciting. What is it? And I'm sure our listeners are waiting on their they're just busting out of their skin saying, Get to the get to it already. Mm-hmm. You so, were about to you were about to cuss, weren't you? No. Then you're then you remembered. You totally I saw it. You were like, I'm gonna I was about to cuss and then I, you it's, it's okay. not like we can't cuss. I mean, we could technically cuss. This is a, this is a family show, Jason. Well, we don't need to, right? It's not necessary. True, true. But I do could have wanted you. have in my exclusive content of me actually baking my soul cakes. I I do cuss. Oh yeah, awesome. Well, yeah. but that's that's for that'll come later, and we'll mm-hmm. get into that. Mm-hmm. But the point is, um, they are listening. People are, you are all listening to this podcast to hear about the Halloween tree and the the War of the Skeletons Mm -hmm. and why we celebrate this holiday on the day we do. Yes, indeed. So let's get into it. Let's, Heather has done some extensive research on this topic and she is ready to edutain you all about it. So, what is, that, is oh, so my cue? What is this? Yeah, what's this holiday all about? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on the, this holiday has become so many different things because of influence from the church, the Catholic Church. If you look back to its original origins, four thousand years ago, we take ourselves to Celtic Ireland, where the nights are becoming longer, the days are shorter. The impending doom of winter is just around the corner and waiting for the last harvest. And this is going to be deciding whether or not your family has enough food to survive the winter because it is the last amount that you will be receiving. And this was a very big thing for the Celtic people. It was important to pay homage to the gods that had given you that bountiful harvest and say goodbye to them because they were going to be gone for the whole of winter until they are reborn in spring. 
So many of our traditions today are originating from the Celts, but also some of them have been kind of twisted because the church, the Catholic church did have a very strong influence on it because they were so trying to convert all the pagans and they found it quite a difficult task because they would go and, you know, they talk to the pagans and they'd be like, oh yeah, we can convert, but they would still practice all of their traditions and all of their, uh, all of their, uh, festivals. And so the church decided to, well, and before, before we get too deep into influence that the mm -hmm. church had on the tradition, I'm wondering mm -hmm. if maybe can we go into a little bit, um, more about the, the actual ancient practice of the festival itself. And I don't remember, did we mention what it was, what, what, what it was called? No, we did not. It is called Samhain. And it's called S-A-M-H-A-I-N. It sounds, it looks like it was, sounds like Samhain, but it's right. actually pronounced Samhain. Right. And then, uh, in the Ghostbusters cartoon in the 80s, Mm -hmm. And they actually had a, a spirit, uh, like a villainous entity that was called Samhain mm -hmm. that they were battling. And that's, there, that was the first time I'd ever heard of it, but yeah. I was so into it. First time I, I ever heard of it was in Supernatural. There was a, a Halloween episode where they actually have to try to stop the resurrection of the Lord Samhain. And they oh, called yeah. it Samhain, yeah. So this is kind of a constant theme. And it's kind of... In your research, have you ever come across any um, evidence of an actual being or entity? Yes, actually. I heard mention of there's actually either it was a warlock or a demon. They're not entirely sure. But there is an entity. It's a man. They called him Lord Samhain, I believe. Or Samhain. Sorry, the Lord Samhain. Mm. And like I said, he was mentioned very, very briefly in one of the resources that I looked at. And so I'm not entirely sure how dependable that information is. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of, uh, granted, you know, we're, we're going back way long time ago mm -hmm. to a uh, tribalist tradition that didn't necessarily write things down. Mm -hmm. And if they did, it wasn't in the same way that the Roman conquerors would mm -hmm. have liked them to. So anytime you're going on with, with a, a colonized group, a lot of information about them comes from the colonizers. Mm -hmm. And uh, as they say, the victors go the spoils. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the history is told by the victor. Right. So with that, uh, going along with that, what, what were some of the actual traditions of this Samhain festival? Well, for one, there is the tradition that eventually became trick-or-treating. And that was that these people would leave out food, treats, and wines outside the village to sate the darker spirits that they didn't want venturing into the village for something to satisfy their hunger. And they didn't want to be too hospitable, though, because if, they didn't want the spirits to stick around. They didn't mm -hmm. want them to decide that this was a better place than where they were and they didn't want them to haunt them. So they they wanted to be uh, honoring to the spirits, but they also had their boundaries and they wanted to keep them at a distance. Mm -hmm. 
which is also why people wore the masks because they didn't want the spirits to recognize them and they didn't want to be able to tell the difference between humans and spirits because just like any human you don't know what other people's are intentions are mm-hmm. right and like kind of like with traveling traveling abroad you kind of want to blend in a bit you don't mm-hmm. want to stand out and you don't know now now is this a uh and this is i've always um followed that when i'm de- developing my halloween costumes mm-hmm. uh, is get annoyed with people trying to um kind of missing the point right like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's important to keep with that tradition. Granted, obviously, it's evolved into something very different. But, mm-hmm. yeah, how does, uh, I don't know how dressing up like uh, like Tom Cruise from Top Gun is going to trick the spirits into thinking you're one of them. Well, later it evolved from being able to trick the spirits of your identity to being able to hide your identity from other humans while you were playing pranks, vandalizing doing just kind of general mischief around town because All Hallows was a, it was an opportunity to do that, that people took advantage of, especially um, the youth of particularly later on in the history. Right, right. Now, how do we go from Samhain to All Hallows? Well, uh, with that question, we have to look at the Catholic Church, actually. And kind of what I was explaining before is the Catholic Church they tried to graph Catholic holidays, new Catholic holidays, onto already established pagan holidays. That right. way, it was more appealing to the pagans. Mm-hmm. So on uh, March 13th, actually, yeah. that the Romans had their Day of the Dead, and the Catholic Church, in their attempt, Lemuria. To convert the, the, the Romans, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they made that All Saints Day, which is All Hallows Day, which is meaning All Holies Day. Right. Which is important to take into consideration, right? At this time, there, there was a Rome had mm-hmm. officially adopted Christianity. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of Romans who were pagans. So they had to devise a way to incorporate Roman traditions into this new Christian thing. Mm -hmm. So they had an amalgam of Roman paganism and uh, their new version of Christianity, and then kind of continued that adoption as they conquered pagans throughout the world. Mm -hmm. And what you may be asking is how did All Hallows Day change from March 13th to All Hallows' Eve on October 31st. Right, right. That is a bit of a jump. Mm -hmm, It is. And so this was, and like I said, in the reports that I did, this was somewhat vague. So I had to kind of use my imagination a little bit. And if you look at history, as you were just talking about the Romans were adopting the Christian uh, religion, I'm assuming that it wasn't as much of a problem for people, pagans, to worship the, the pagan holiday instead of the Christian holiday. So when they came across the uh, the Celts, the Celts had their holiday, their Day of the Dead, on October 31st. So in order to shadow that, they put All Saints Day on November 1st. Mm-hmm. And so people started calling Halloween or Samhain uh, All Hallows' Eve. Mm-hmm. And that turned into All Hallows' Evening. 
And now it is what we are more commonly familiar with is All Hallows Eve or Halloween. Right. So this raises an interesting question for me as far as like timekeeping and um, calendar systems. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, you know, October is a Roman name for a Roman calendar month as mm-hmm. well as March. Um <clears throat> What did you, were you able to figure out why the Romans celebrated Lemuria? Am I saying that right? I believe so. So Lemuria uh, on in March and why most, it does seem like there's a number of different traditions throughout the world that Mm -hmm. have this kind of celebration of the dead in the fall time. Mm -hmm. Why, why are the Romans celebrating it in the spring? Well, I focusing my attention on the the Celtic beliefs because they were the ones that originated the Halloween and the traditions that ended up turning into Halloween. So mostly I just touched on the Romans for their Day of the Dead, which is relation to Halloween because the church originally had All Saints Day. Sure. And then they changed it back. But the the Celtics, or sorry, Celtics, I basketball from Boston, I'm sorry. This, the Celts, they split the year into two sections, the dark side and the light side. Mm-hmm. And so the last harvest was their new year. It was the right. last day of the, la- of the year because that was what separated the light side, which was the ending of summer, from the mm-hmm. dark side, which was winter. Right. And so there's a whole... It, I mean, it does... Feel, I mean, because we're <clears throat> we're so indoctrinated with it too. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. you know, based on that that adoption uh, of of tradition, and now that's kind of how we how we roll with it. Um, what? Obviously, we're not sacrificing. <laughs> uh, we're not sacrificing animals, mm-hmm. um, but we do give out treats for the dead and to children dressed yeah. as ghouls coming mm-hmm. to our door. Uh, where, where does that all come from? Well, like I said before, uh, some of it has to do with the leaving the food outside of the villages for the dead. Um, I know that the uh, Spanish tradition, is it, uh, correct me if I pronounce it incorrectly, but Dia de Muertos. Dia de los Muertos. Okay. And I know that they are very heavily in uh, with fooding offerings for the dead mm-hmm. as well. So later on, after the Catholics took on All Saints Day and then added All Souls Day, which was November 2nd, because mm-hmm. they were still having issues with people practicing All Halloween. So they're like, well, let's add another holiday in there. And they had this tradition that kind of came about was, uh, if you know anything about purgatory... Uh, Catholics believe in purgatory. It's not a place of hell and it's not a place of heaven. And the only way to get the souls of your loved ones out of purgatory was to get enough prayers for them. And so what was given out in exchange for prayers were cakes. They were called soul cakes. And so beggars and eventually children went out souling, which was what it was called. And so on Hallow's Eve, Anybody and everybody makes their soul cakes and, mm-hmm. and puts them out, and anybody and everybody is welcome to come and take these soul cakes yep. in exchange for their commitment to praying for, for their, their loved yeah. ones to get out of purgatory. 
Nick's exactly right. <clears throat> Do you know how it was? Uh, or was it like um, just like we trick or treat right now? Like knock on the door and they open yeah, up and give the cakes actually, out? Or yes, it was mostly beggars um, mm -hmm. because, of course, food was hard to find for beggars, and so of course it was it was quite the uh, motivation for prayers if you were to give in exchange to beggars because they wanted food. It does. It is kind of interesting. I'd be curious to see like where where that jump occurred, right? Yeah. Where do you go from we need people to pray for our loved ones to I'll give food to beggars to do that mm -hmm. to help us out? It. I wasn't able to find any concrete evidence, but like I said, if you just kind of fill in the gaps with assumptions and not necessarily assumptions, but educate hypotheses. Mm -hmm. And with the church trying to indoctrinate the pagans to the Christian beliefs, they ended up taking a lot of the traditions and making them have a twist. Right, right. So they were familiar enough to be appealing, but they were now Christian. They were right. now Christian practices. Because the soul cakes were initially... That was an offering for the dead from, from the pagan tradition as well, right? I don't know if it was specifically soul cakes. Mm -hmm. I think soul cakes was a specific Catholic thing uh -huh. because they did have the crucifix on them, and that was very important that they had the crucifix on them. But the offering of sweet cakes and foods and treats and wines was the, the Celts. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. So as, as an offering, you're giving them, which mm -hmm. is really kind of interesting too because juxtaposed with the uh, Dia de los Muertos celebration and we can introduce this this is a whole another uh, maybe a later version of that conquest the Roman conquest edict uh, where they adopted or absorbed indigenous practices into Christianity so the Day of the Dead, as we know it today, actually originated as a, it was an Aztec festival. It was a, uh, a full month long. Mm -hmm. And it was, a, it was a festival for the dead like that. And these kind of similar practices, offering these, um, offering these, these food, the, the food for the dead, and um, inviting, specifically inviting your ancestors and helping helping them cross mm -hmm. cross back to to connect with them um less of a a we'll dress up like the dead so that you'll leave us alone but more like a we're honoring ancestors and we're dressing up like the dead in order mm -hmm. to be closer to them mm -hmm. and the the pandulce right the sugar skulls and all this similar very similar kind of thing and i'd be interested to trace exactly how much of that is coming from the catholic and roman side uh, latin the latin influence once again mm -hmm. and where they um uh, you know the where and this is you know this is a common common problem when you're looking at traditions like separating the the, the pure indigenous elements from the, the colonized and you know we're kind of left with an amalgam yeah uh, on all sides especially so. when traditions were word of mouth instead of written down mm -hmm. 
The only thing that my resources said specifically about the Day of the Dead relation to what the Celts believe is that there was a difference between when the church was trying to stamp out the pagan beliefs and mm-hmm. now the Catholic Church is encouraging the Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So it's a completely different mindset because it's almost like they feel like they have things under control. Now things are in the glory of the Catholic Church. Right, right. Where else in the Celts and the pagan beliefs were for spirits of nature, mm-hmm. which the Catholic priests and the Pope believed that because it was of earth and it was not of heaven, it could only be demons. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting, too, that we're talking about this today because um, our current Pope is actually um, in the news for um, kind of rolling back some of these basically on the the, kind of like Disney uh, equated to like Disney's on this redemption path right where the Pope is saying things like um, maybe it's not the greatest idea to like try to um, destroy other cultures by um, (laughs) and erasing their culture by proselytizing and preaching to them and like like he's in Brazil and meeting with indigenous leaders and saying like, we respect you. You're cool. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> of course, pissing some people off. But Well, I mean, when people try to change something that's been away for so long, even if mm. it's right or wrong, mm. it's, you know, it's going to upset people. But honor song doing the right thing. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, the Catholic Church was very, very big into we're right, you're wrong. There's no possible mm-hmm. way that mm-hmm. anything you could say could possibly be right. So we need to save your soul. And we're yep. going to do that by force. Mm-hmm. But there was a pope. I believe it was uh, a Pope Gregory the First. He was one of the, the he was the first pope that came along after the Catholic Church started to clash with the pagans. And he was the one that decided to change their approach. And he said, he, te- he taught more tolerance. And he said that if you are to happen upon a group of people worshiping a tree, don't cut down the tree because then they're just going to find another tree to worship, but consecrate the tree uh, for Lord, you know, Jesus Christ and encourage them to continue meeting as they had before. Mm-hmm. So in that way, they were kind of, I guess, saving their souls and getting rid of the demons that they were worshiping in these trees, apparently. Or, you know, it's, it's the idea that they're not, you're not slapping their hand and then they're just going to go and do it anyway, just out of prying eyes. It's the merging of the cultures, it's merging of the religions. Right. And it really does make a lot of sense. I mean, from from a tactical point of view. Right. Mm-hmm. I equate it to working, working security at a juggalo show. Right. The the key is to keep them on your side. Mm-hmm. Keep them on your side. Like, all right. Yeah, we're cool. We're cool. Right. Because the I last thing you want is um, to try to get into a power struggle with a juggalo. Mm. I didn't realize that you worked security for Juggalos in the past. Oh, I, 
<laughs> no, for for the venue. <laughs> to clarify. Uh-huh. Yeah, I used to work, uh, I was a concert security guard at a local venues for oh, okay. quite a while while I was in college. Mm-hmm. That makes more Good sense. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, definitely coming from that, like, yeah, let's let's keep them on our side. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it, it wasn't until, uh, let's see, the Pope, uh, was it, I think it was, it was Pope Innocent, or it was Pope so Gregory got the Third. Gregory. Yeah, got Pope Gregory the First. Quite a few of them, actually, quite mm-hmm. a few Pope Gregories. But I um, believe it was one of the Pope Gregories, uh, the Third, I believe. We got the Third and the Fourth. Yeah. And the third decided, you know what, we're not going to deal with this anymore. We're tired of playing nice. And he was right. the one. Third was he, cool. Fourth got mm-hmm. a little, little. Punchy. He was the he was the one that was like, you know what, uh, we're changing our stance on how we deal with these pagans. We're going to stamp them out. And he was the one that moved All Saints Day from March 13th mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. November 1st because he wanted to overshadow Samhain. And before I forget, I know that you asked earlier, Samhain, uh, difference between the Celts calendar and the Roman calendar is Samhain was the name of the month or the harvest or the the season. Mm -hmm. And the end of Samhain was the 31st. So Samhain wasn't just the day. It was was the whole month. Yeah. And the the end of that was the harvest festival. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Cool. Now... With that, do you know, or the were they following a was it a lunar calendar? Yes, yeah, it was a lunar calendar. Or well, it was let's see, it was solstices and equinoxes. Right. So they went by the different. Let me see. I actually. So it would have been like the first moon after the equinox. Let me double check. Just give me two seconds. Do 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 do. Wheel of so... the year. So. The winter solstice was in Yule, and right. Halloween was Hallows, mm-hmm. and was the that mid, was... should be the midpoint between Yule and what would it be uh, the equinox? What's the equinox? The equinox is Astara. Astara. And so between Yule and Astara no, is that's the spring equinox, though. So. Oh, the Astara... spring equinox. So what? I'm sorry. What are you asking again? So the, what's the the optimal equinox? What they call it? We can we can check on that. Yeah. Um, the Celtic name for the autumnal equinox, and then Yule, which would be the winter solstice, mm-hmm. and uh, Hallows, it would be the midpoint in between those two. Okay. Like, yeah, my my calendar does not say that, unfortunately. Polar markers. Mm-hmm. And within that, because they don't match up exactly you mm-hmm. you kind of lunar the phases of the moon float around because we're get quick orbital mechanics lesson if okay if, basically we're the the equinoxes and the solstices are based on the earth's rotation uh our mm-hmm. orbit around the sun and position of the planet within that orbit and then the lunar the lunar month days the phases of the moon mm-hmm. are determined by the moon's orbit around the earth mm-hmm. so those two mechanisms don't match up exactly mm-hmm. um so you have a lot of that's why like there's a lot of correction 
yes. necessary corrections within days and whatnot. But the point is, this festival of Samhain would be happening around close enough to the uh, midpoint between the equinox and the solstice. So, okay, right? Well, does that make sense? Yes, yes, it does. And I know that the main thing with Samhain was the days were getting shorter, the nights were getting longer. And so that was their indicator that the gods were taking the sun away from them as they went to go slumber. So they did keep track of the amount of time that each day was light for. Right. And in case you're, in case anybody's questioning the accuracy of ancient Celtic timekeeping, there's a number of monolithic structures throughout Western Europe and Great Britain that uh, evidence that pretty significant celestial markings like, I don't know, Stonehenge maybe? Yeah, yeah, that. That's in England. Yes. Yes. It is. It is in the in Salisbury England. Plain. But uh, there were Celts and Druids that were outside of Ireland as well. So Correct. All throughout the British Isles and Western Europe. Mm-hmm. And just to clarify the difference between the, the Celts and the Druids, is the Druids were the Celts' priests. They were the holy men of their religions or whatever you want to call it, their beliefs. Just the men? No. They had women, but they were called crones. Mm. But, and uh, other genders? Uh, of crones? No. Crones were only women. Mm-hmm. And the crones were uh, usually, they were, not usually, they always were uh, older women. Because the crone is a symbol of the one of the three um, cycles of the woman's life, which is actually a goddess, I believe. I forget exactly what the name of it is, but it is uh, the maiden, the crone, and then... Maiden, mother, crone. Yes, thank you. The maiden, mother, and crone. And so the crones were the wise, the wise ones. Mm-hmm. And the crone is actually also where later on uh, the... Catholic Church associated witches with Lilith and the crones, which is why ah. witches are associated with Halloween. Yeah. Witches. Mm-hmm. I like witches. I like witches too. Let's talk about witches. Let's talk about some witches. <laughs> what, what what more <clears throat> what is there to know about witches though? Well why would why would the okay, first of all, why would the church demonize these powerful, magnificent Elder, wise women in such a way. Because to them, any power that was not of God was evil and was of the devil. And so, for instance, they were getting, the lore was that they were getting these powers from this person named Lilith, which if you look into the, is actually a demon, which is possibly not how the Celts saw it. But they were getting this power from. So you're saying yes. You're you're associate Lilith with Celtic. Yes. So you're saying there's there's Celtic traditions honoring Lilith, because as I understand, Lilith is actually a Hebrew, comes from uh, the Hebrew writings, mm-hmm. which was. Forgive me if I, I don't want to step on your toes or anything with this, mm-hmm. but it was Lilith was essentially Adam's first wife. The first woman that 
God created, and she would not lay down mm -hmm. with Adam. Yes. Uh, she would not be submissive, right? So mm -hmm. in order as a, as her punishment, she was cast out and mm -hmm. replaced with a woman who would be submissive to mm -hmm. the man. And mm -hmm. in, in doing so, she, she, some versions of the story gets a little, I, I don't have, I don't have things in front of me, but this is just going off my, yeah. my general memory mm -hmm. of how things go. Uh, she went out and kind of gave birth to spirits in the Jewish tradition. They don't exactly believe in, they're not demons so mm -hmm. much like yeah. uh, in the same Christian kind of concept as demons. They might be like malevolent or mischievous spirits. Mm -hmm. um, they may even use the term demon, but it's a different kind of uh, connotation. Yeah. Um, and whereas in the Catholic version, she pretty much, just is, hooked up with Satan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and She's the mother of demons. The yeah. mother of demons. And, and, and I love that you mentioned the Hebrew interpretation of Lilith because that plays into how, if you look back in history, there are so many things from different cultures and religions that line up, but they're told differently. For mm -hmm. instance, the Great Flood from the Bible All is right. told in different religions, different cultures. And so Lilith as you mentioned, she would not submit to Adam. Mm -hmm. So this is another reason why the Catholic church would not abide by witches because mm -hmm. they could not allow a woman to be in front of man. Right. It's all part of this narrative, right? Mm -hmm. So that gets into, again, we're going into this kind of, you mentioned before that it was a matter of power that comes from anything other than God. Yes. Um, is kind of a thinly disguised code for power that doesn't come from the church. men who are yeah. trying to, who are in control of the church and who are basically have a lockdown on the mm -hmm. rule of the land. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's definitely reading between the lines. That's looking at history and the words that it tells us, and that's exactly pretty much what we can assume happened, you know? You read between the lines, but there are footnotes. There's yeah, like annotated. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> read between the lines, footnotes, annotated, highlighted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no one's ever going to say that, you know? No one's ever going to admit that. But it's not... The witches were associated with Samhain, because mm -hmm. they did originate from the beliefs of the pagans and the Celts. They had their crones, they had the witches, they had all of these magical fairies and everything that used to come out to play on mm -hmm. All Hallows' Eve, the day so of... Feminine, feminine power in, you know, feminine power in control of this pagan holiday. We gotta... Yes. The church things. We gotta get a lockdown on this, so... Mm -hmm. Let's destroy all of it. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly what they tried to do. How? There were so How? many people. I will for a while there. Uh, if you look into the history of witches, there is more to the history of witches than simply Salem. Before that mm -hmm. ever occurred, there yeah. was a witch hunt that raged through Europe. And so many people died. So many people were put on trial. It was complete chaos 
And it was not just in one little town, like in Salem. It was the whole of Europe. And there were, for a while, it was a way to get people out of the way. Let's say you wanted their property or you didn't Mm -hmm. like them. Uh, This was a way for people to take care of their dirty business of getting rid of someone they didn't like without getting their hands dirty. Right. Definitely political dissonance, Mm -hmm. Um, kind of a way to get after political rivals. Yes. There, <clears throat> there's also interesting, and we can, you know, this is a whole topic for its own episode, of course. Mm-hmm. This always comes up. We have so many infinite topics to talk about. Yeah. But well, hey, um, we'll, we'll never not be busy, right? So the the Western ceremonial magic mm-hmm. that was actually practiced, we have documentation of these aristocratic men mm-hmm. who practiced. The versions of this Western ceremonial magic are never implicated. They're never accused, and they're mm-hmm. very rarely, if any, accused, never executed. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people who are being accused and convicted and mock tried mm-hmm. um, are lower class, primarily lower class women, mm-hmm. commoners, or even like Joan of Arc. For mm-hmm. example, who what she was a commoner, and she did a lot of great things for the king of France. And mm-hmm. once she outlived, she her, was no longer her useful. usefulness. Yeah, mm-hmm. her usefulness she was expired. Tried as a witch, passed away. Yeah, yep, yeah. And actually, the whole the the witch trials it's tragic. It's terribly tragic and mm-hmm. pretty horrific. If you get down into the details, but oh, yeah, very fascinating at the same mm-hmm. time. It is. And there's stories that I've heard that have just absolutely appalled me, you know, mm-hmm. and but going back to Halloween, that is why, it, you know, the black pointy hats and the witches mm-hmm. have become such a symbol is because mm-hmm. and for instance, black cats, which may have been if you're ever wondering why black cats became associated with witches is because that black cats were believed to be the souls of witches shape-shifting into animal form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of, lot of uh, stories and traditions of witches being able to shape-shift mm-hmm. and keeping familiars, right? Mm-hmm. And speaking of animals and Halloween, uh, have you ever wondered why bats are associated with Halloween? Yes. Well, the reason for that is because during these bonfires in the Celtic pagan, you know, when they were trying to light their way in the dark nights as the darkness was creeping in and getting longer and longer, what would get attracted by this fire and these lights were insects. And what attracts insects is the bats. Oh, yeah, right. And the only way that these people would ever be able to see a bat is because of the light in the fire during Mm. these times. But bats don't hibernate well, bats come around all year round, right? Yes, but they would never see them because they didn't have the bonfires going at night. Oh, so you're only doing the bonfires in like in the fall and the winter time. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it was, to, it was to recreate the, the fire of the sun that the gods gotcha. were taking with them. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I did not mm-hmm. know that at all. Yep, that's, that's why cool. the bonfires happened, was to recreate the light from right. the sun in the dark nights. Okay, so... You're so smart. Oh, thank you. Oh, just you know so much about the uh, symbolism and the ease of. 
I, why we do what we do on Halloween. Very what, passionate about this holiday. <laughs> what is up with carving faces into pumpkins? Well, um, that goes back to also why we call them jack-o'-lanterns. And uh-huh. that means uh, the story for that is there was this person called Stingy Jack. And as the story goes, he was quite the trickster. And he once actually played a trick on the devil himself, in which the story goes that the devil was with Stingy Jack and he convinced the devil to climb up a tree. And when the devil got up the tree, the Stingy Jack uh, put crosses and crucifix down along the tree so that the devil could not come back down. And so the uh, devil had to make a deal with Jack in order to get down from the tree that when he died, he would not be able to take Jack's soul. So as the story goes, when he finally died and he went to heaven, uh, he was not permitted to pass into the pearly gates because St. Peter said that he had lived a life of miserable and uselessness and that he was mean and cruel and that he would not be permitted into heaven. So Jack went down to hell and where he was also not permitted to stay because of the deal that he had made with the devil. And so Jack was not sure where to go. And so he asked the devil, he said, where am I supposed to go? It's dark. And so the devil gave Jack an ember from the fires of hell. And Jack had a turn up with him in which he used as a lantern. And he used it to light his way in the dark between heaven and hell. And unfortunately is told to have wandered and never been able to find a resting place. So how this ties into the jack-o'-lanterns is that when the Irish immigrants brought over their traditions from the carving of turnips and potatoes, there were no pumpkins in Ireland. And so when they came to America, they found pumpkins to be much more easier to carve. And so they began to carve pumpkins instead of turnips and potatoes. And that became a symbol for Halloween. And then it also goes back to the Celts where they would place these jack-o'-lanterns or these turnips with faces in them with fires or embers inside of them to ward off the evil spirits from entering into their homes. Cool. Now carrying, they used to, they used to carry them, right? Oh, yes. Well, carry the turnips. You can't so much carry the. Well, that's when Stingy Jack used the turnip with the ember from hell in it to light his way through the netherworld where he could not find rest. And so to find his way through the dark, the devil gave him the ember and he put it into the turnip. But also there is legends in uh, that originate from England, from the ports of England, that the ships coming in the harbor in the misty night or the early morning, uh, the only thing that people from the shore could see were the swaying lights being held by the sailors. And to them, it was said that they look like a severed head. Yeah. And so it gained the reputation of the jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. Pretty metal. Yep. Pretty metal indeed. And spooky. Very spooky. So, all right. So we've got all these kind of conglomeration of traditions and kind of celebrate so now it's all kind of come together oh mm-hmm. uh, oh what about the did we talk about the like prankster stuff uh we mentioned what, it the trick we touched on it 
the, or trick, the treats. Or the treats. So in the early 18th century going on to the 19th century, uh, Halloween became very tame. It lost its evil side to it, and it was more seen as a fun thing. And it became more of like a party night. And so going into the 19th century, it started to become kind of out of control. And the young after the World War were the only ones that really celebrated. It was mostly a holiday for the youth because mm -hmm. after the First World War, the tone of the world kind of changed. People mm -hmm. got a lot more sobered and it was more of a serious life. And so Halloween was childish and it became a holiday for children. So as it goes back to the nights of old where the fairies and demons would run amok and cause mischief, when back then, you know, the stories kind of told themselves and you didn't really have to cover yourself for causing mischief on Halloween. But now in the 19th century where there's, you know, papers and news and, of course, everybody's seeing that all of this vandalism, all of these horrible, like, even people ended up dying at some points. And so they decided that something needed to happen. They needed to rein in the chaos. And so they started establishing these parties, these parades, these mm. nights of Halloween fun that the children could come to instead of running havoc and causing mischief. Oh. Now, that's kind of interesting, too, because traveling throughout the world particularly in europe i've been in europe on halloween and they don't like it's starting to kind of become a thing um but it's nothing like it is here mm -hmm. and for a long time they they didn't do really anything around halloween so it's like it became like it's a distinctly american thing mm -hmm. the way we celebrate halloween the way we do so why why that shit why did kind of the old world kind of just phase it out, so to speak? And why did the Americans just latch on to it and go full bore with it? Well, uh, industrialism, actually. With yeah. the opportunity to commercialize Halloween and make profit oh, off of it. Yeah. So you look at... Capitalism. The, mm -hmm, you look at the turn of the century... And they used to, first thing that actually happened was they started mass producing costumes. And these costumes were made out of paper. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just shattering my whole reality. You just like, <laughs> thought there was like this, this whole like mystical kind of like no, mystical element, the American spirit. And it's like, oh yeah, no, it's capitalism. No, it's capitalism. Because, yeah, Americans are, are great capitalists. Yeah, that. But also... Uh, if you were in Europe around this time, then you probably are familiar with Guy Fawkes Day or Guy Fawkes Night. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you were familiar with? Well, I, I knew about it because of v, v for Vendetta, actually. Mm -hmm. My sister and yeah. I <laughs> celebrated Guy Fawkes Day because it's got a catchy little rhyme. And uh, November, awesome November, movie. remember the 5th of November. The gunpowder treason in plots. Yep. I can think of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Well, we can't continue because we might get sued, but that is based off of history. No, that's history. That's not mm -hmm. copyright. Well, I mean, the rhyme is not history. It's not? No. Oh, no. man. No, 
is actually shattering, uh, shattering my reality a lot more heroically than it actually happened oh yeah Uh, mm -hmm. so guy fox was actually guarding all of his gunpowder and the the guards got an anonymous tip guarding gunpowder why was he guarding gunpowder well let me get to it okay so (laughs) just be patient guy fox was guarding all this gunpowder and the uh the coppers or whatever you want to call them at the time, they got an anonymous tip that they need to check underneath this palace. The bobbies. The bobbies. They got an anonymous tip that they need to check underneath this palace. And so they went and they found Guy Fox with all of these barrels of gunpowder. And they're like, hey, we're going to arrest you and torture you until you admit to something. And so what he admitted to. Yeah. And they said it just like that. They read him his rights. They read him his rights. (laughs) We're going to arrest you. And we're going to torture you. This was until like you under the something. parliament building, right? No, this was actually underneath the palace of... Oh, jeez. It wasn't underneath the, pol- the parliament building. But what he admitted to was something that would be later called the gunpowder plot, mm-hmm. which was a plot to blow up the... No, it wasn't the parliament. It was the uh, Protestant. The Protestant Lord's chamber or house. Oh, yeah. So it was not Parliament. and He was going after the Parliament. Yeah, okay, because that makes sense. Because it's adapted into the movie because right, right, right. the same idea is that they wanted to change. It was a regime, regime. change. It was intended to be a they, he Yes, he was Catholic. And this was mm-hmm. after Martin Luther had changed England from being Catholic to Protestant. And so... Right. There's a lot of people that were still pretty butthurt over that. Right. Yeah. Right. So he was going to blow up. This was all a part of, and Guy Fox wasn't even the mastermind of this. No. He was no. just kind of a, he was a, he was just guarding the gunpowder. Field, field guy who got caught. He was guarding the gunpowder. <laughs> so, so did they ever is... catch any of the other conspirators? Um, According to Wikipedia, no. Mm-hmm. But okay. the funny part, well, I think it's funny. Guy Fox, right before he was about to be hanged, literally immediately before his execution, he fell off the gibbet and broke his neck. Oh, my God. And he didn't have to get hanged. And he was sentenced to hang, be hanged and then quartered. <sighs> so And he because got... he couldn't be hanged, mm-hmm. he couldn't be quartered. Yep. So lucky wow. him, he fell off the gibbet and broke his neck. Crazy loopholes in English... <laughs> Mm-hmm. you but, find those you find those come up in like all all kinds like they, well oh our hands are tied now yeah well i guess we're just gonna have to so, celebrate a holiday for them now yeah so that it, it turned into a whole mockery of it though right it was like kind of a the holiday arose out of mocking the plot right well i mean if you look at how it's celebrated nowadays, it is quite mocking. Mm-hmm. In in Britain, the, the effigies of him are burned, and people go around asking for pennies mm-hmm. in his honor, I guess, to raise money for blowing up the Protestant House of Lords. Mm-hmm. So they then they still celebrate Guy Fawkes Day, like mm-hmm. full on. Yeah, and because of its proximity to Halloween they are merged together. Mm -hmm. So in Britain, there 
probably isn't much of a distinguishing between Guy Fawkes Day and Halloween mm. because it's so close together. Guy Fawkes Day is on the 5th and All Hallows' Eve is on the 31st. Now, we have we have some folks who do, I think, at least follow the blog, have looked mm-hmm. at the blog from, from the British Isles. And um, I'm sure we have friends out there. So if anybody, because I've actually not been to Britain and... But I know, like, there's some folks who, who are from England, Britain, uh, Ireland, maybe even, who know a little something. So I would love to hear um, if you've got some insight into, you know, Guy Fawkes Day and yeah. how they, and how they if, celebrate out there. If we have something incorrect, hit us up. Tell us we're wrong. Explain and, um, how. Don't just be like, you suck, you're wrong. But tell us the facts. And Americans were British up until officially... <laughs> British up until 1776. Yeah. And Guy Fawkes Day was celebrated here on this continent, I'm sure. Because when when was this? It was like 15-something, wasn't it? Let me double-check my notes. This was after... It was the... 1605. uh, It was actually... The Protestant Reformation was in 1517. Right. And the house... Yeah, the gunpowder plot occurred on November 5th, 1605. Is that what my report says? Because That's I wrote what it. your report says. Okay, then my report is accurate. Because according to according Wikipedia. to you. According to me and Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And also sources. Mm-hmm. And and other sources. And other sources. Which a, are which a good reporter never re- reveals her sources. Yeah. I, I, I performed a seance with Guy Fox himself, and he told me. Oh, well, yeah. you need to, you need to. He's actually quite pissed properly, off with the way that things have gone. You need to, you need to cite that. Well, I can't Personal... because that, that would be giving up my, my source, which no, I just you, did. No, you give up your sources. We are scientists. I guess, yeah, I guess. Yeah. We are, okay, we are researchers. Fair enough. We always have to cite our sources. Fair enough. Yeah. I was going to say something that was going to be like a segue and it was going to be really cool. And then you distracted me. Yeah. I do oh, that. okay. I got it. So, and just like how you were talking about how America used to be British, we are also, as people say, a melting pot of many different cultures. And so is Halloween. Halloween is a melting pot, or as I said in my report, a cauldron I prefer, yeah, fondue. Of many, like a fondue yeah, cauldron. like a fondue cauldron of many different traditions and cultures that have maybe, been. Maybe a toss salad. No, no you toss have salad. All the distinct. You, you the can't distinct make a elements. salad in a cauldron. That's just no. Yeah, you can. A cauldron is meant to be put on fire. You don't make a salad on fire. A stew. Fair enough. A stew. We are a melting stew of tradition and culture Some, and what, shepherd's pie pozole okay you're getting you're getting a little crazy now okay this, uh, you went too far fair enough fair enough but that is what halloween is now today as we know it yes a conglomeration mm-hmm. of lots of distinct elements and melting cauldron of caesar salad cool. and a vinaigrette so and i'll go do a sexy dance party, go to a sexy dance party at a uh, desanctified church and sacrifice the cheerleaders to the Time Lord. Mm-hmm. 
That's right, because we decided that the the God of Britain was Doctor yeah. Who. Well, the God of England, yeah. The God of England is the Doctor, our Lord and our Time Lord and Savior. We're approaching heresy now. <laughs> <laughs> now, yep. So that pretty comprehensive, I'd say. Not bad. Not a bad little investigation into the history of Halloween and why yeah. it's I wish it was a physical investigation though. Like if I could get my own little uh police box TARDIS, mm. I could go into the history and travel through time and actually oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. Why oh, can't yeah. we all live in a fantasy, Jason? Yeah, you know what? You know what is a good I gotta plug the make a plug for one of my favorite stories and authors the halloween tree by ray bradbury mm -hmm. this whole little adventure and romp if you want to kind of dive in that way ray bradbury wrote a very colorful and fanciful adventure story based on pretty much everything we talked about it goes from ancient egypt like actually incorporates the like bringing in the mummies Right, mm -hmm. the tradition of uh, mum mummies and hanging out with, yeah, um, bringing in the dead relatives to literally have your ancestors there present. Uh, the festival where they had um, goes throughout time: gargoyles, witches, pumpkins, all that cool stuff, and it's done in a very fanciful way. So if you've ever, if you've never re read it, it's a good. It's a good one, a good story for... I'm very kid-friendly. I'm very magical and fanciful. I'll definitely uh, be looking it up. So check out The Halloween Tree by Ray Bradbury. And otherwise, do we have anything else to plug? Well, just my own little spiel about the Investigating Society, Crypto Science Society branch in Utah. And yeah. if we have any listeners out there in Utah area and would like to tag along on some investigations with us, become involved in the Crypto Science Society, please email me at spoopydetective at gmail.com. Again, that is spoopydetective, not spooky, but with a P, spoopydetective at gmail.com. I can put that in the show notes. Yes. If you'd like. You can put it in the um, last one too as well. Okay. And, I mean, you can find us all on social media, right? I am Spaceman J. I am spying Jane on Instagram and all of the all of the social medias you can find all of the crypto science society on all of the social medias as well we are um, happy to have you all listening thank you guys all so much for listening everybody everywhere everybody and everybody um, so in case you couldn't tell this podcast was written and produced by the crypto science society and its members specifically this one our main source report was heather jane which will be available the source report will be available in the show notes and if you're a patreon member we will get a source report like this posted at least a week before every episode but we also have a little treat uh, another Literally, haha, tasty ah. treat for mm -hmm. our Patreon members too. When Heather made some soul cakes, 
and did like a cooking show. It was complete shenanigans, but the, the soul cakes were good. Yeah. And so I you... will be posting the recipe with the report. Yes. Fantastic. It would be awesome. So if you want to see Heather and her process with actually making the soul cakes, um, you got to be a Patreon. So come check us out. Also, give credit and a big round of applause to our theme music, our theme song, Dead Bats on Wire. Very soothing. By Savannah Rivka and percussion by Ashley Eve. Um, our graphic design work is done by Eddie Nori and Heather Jane. And uh, our sound is by A Cepeda. If you really want, if you like what you hear and wanted to keep going, let us know what you think. In the comments, email us your suggestions at CryptoScienceSocietyX at gmail.com. Follow us on all the social medias and visit our website, ScienceCryptoJournal at word.wordpress.com. Like, subscribe, share, and until next time, keep questioning.